ביתין דף נ"ב, earning the gift במתנה היח. There's possibly a difference between earning something and owning something. Owning a right and earning a right. You can own a right, in which case you can claim. For example, a person, a laborer works for an agreed period of time and an agreed amount of money. They've, not only have they earned that money, they own the right to that money. And they can claim that money. A creditor can claim uh, the right to be repaid. He owes, owns the right to, repaid, to be repaid. But is there such, thing, such a thing as earning the right to something you cannot claim? You've earned the rights to it, but you can't claim it. For example, can you earn the right to a gift? Or is that an oxymoron? If it's a gift, you haven't earned the rights to it. That's why it's a gift. And we'll see in the, uh, how deeply halakha goes into understanding people, what drives them, and their relationships one to the other. Even halakha, it's not just Musa that goes into the depths of human relationships and human motivation and psychology. But halakha does as well, and we'll go into that. We say every morning, provides light for the world and for all of us who live on the world. This is the sun, the source of all of our energy in the world. It comes to us in, in Rachamim, in mercy. And my great uncle Rebelia Lopian explains that the sunlight is different from rain. Sunlight Hashem provides to us unconditionally. doesn't say anywhere, if you listen to me, then I'll provide sunlight. We have no tefillot for sunlight. We don't ask Hashem to keep the sun shining, not to withhold the sun from us. We have no, no, no such tefillot. For geshamim, we have such tefillot. For rain, we have tefillot. Because rain, says Rebelia, is bedin. Rain is given to us in justice. Hashem judges whether we deserve the rain or not. But sunlight is unconditional. Hashem provides the sunlight unconditionally. My difficulty with that is a, a medrash in, in uh, Breshis Rabbah, where it says, Hashem put the lights in the sky. So there's the source of, it, it was given to us, it's an unconditional gift. But then Rabbi Yochanan says, There are three things given to the world as a gift. Sunlight. Sunlight, I understand, that's a gift, as Rebellion says, given to us, it's given to us in mercy and not in din, it's not something we deserve or earn. And the Medrash puts Geshamim in the same category. So, and we know from the second paragraph from the Shema that Geshamim isn't an unconditional gift, that Geshamim we do have to earn, and yet the Medrash calls it a Matana. Is it possible that there's such a thing as having to earn a gift? What is that, and what would that mean? I'll give you the rain. That same word, just as it says, Hashem gave the star, the, the sun and the stars into the heavens, so Hashem gave, will give us rain. So the, the word give him implies gift. So let's have a look at our Gemara in order to understand the, the, that, that oxymoron more deeply. Is it possible that we're required to earn a gift as well? And what does that mean? The Gemara is based on the Mishnah we have in Daf Memchet. We discussed this yesterday. So if, uh, if I lend you money, the moment I lend you the money, your property becomes mortgaged to me. There's a lien on your property. So that in the event that you haven't got the cash to pay me, I can automatically claim my, my debt from your property. If, you've sold, if you sell your property after the loan, 
the mortgage remains. You've sold a property with a lien on it. So if you don't have money to pay, I can go to the person who bought your property and I can still claim because my lien on your property preceded the sale. That's the din. What property is a Balchov entitled to take? We discussed yesterday the three grades of property. It is the, the highest level, Benonit the middle level, and Ziburit the lowest level. So a Balchov, a creditor, is allowed to claim from Benonit, from media, middle level property. Boy Rav Achtavoy Barami, Rav Achtavoy Barami asked the question, Bematanahech. So I understand that if I sell my property after I've borrowed money from you, you can claim the property from the buyer. What happens if I gave the property away as a gift? I didn't sell it. What's the question? Takanta huda over Rabbon Mishumpsede de Likuchot, ala matana de Lekapse de Likuchot law. Explains Rashi. Im shibut shel meshubadim halalu eno machmat mecheresh netanam bematana laachar shelava mizeh. If a person gave away property after the loan was made, v'shiyezi burit lefanav, and we're talking about a case where I left, or you who borrowed the money from me, gave away your good property. All you hold on to now is your bad property. You've got the property in the Sahara Desert, but your property in New York you've given away. Now, I'm allowed to claim from, from Benanit. I'm allowed to claim from, from middle-level property. But your middle-level property now is in the hands of, a, of somebody you gave it to. You didn't sell it to, you gave it to. Am I obligated to take your property from the, the Sahara Desert? Or can I take your, your New York property, even though you've given it away? That's the question of the Gemara. What are the sides of the question? Is it a takana that the Rabbonin said, when the Rabbonin said you can take better property, in other words, mid or writer, from the Torah's perspective, a Balchov can only take the lowest level of property. He doesn't take the best property. But in order to encourage people to lend money uh, and to feel comfortable with that, the Chachamim said you can take even from, from, uh, from the better property. However, to cause an unnecessary loss to somebody who's purchased a property and paid for it, the Tachana doesn't go that far. So now the, the Balchov, the debtor, has a, a, a property in the Sahara Desert. He sold, let's say, a property in New York. So we don't say that now the guy who bought the property in, the New, York, in New York and laid out a whole lot of money for it has to lose the property because I don't want the Ziburus, I don't want the, the property in the Sahara Desert. I have to take the lower property. Because it's called But in the case of a gift, there is no loss to the buyer. So what are we saying? The Rabbonin didn't allow me to claim my property from the purchaser if I could get an inferior property from the debtor. Why? Because the purchaser has invested. He's put money into that. I don't, I don't want him to lose his money. But Hachomim don't want him to lose his money unnecessarily. If there's another way to recover your debt, you don't go to the buyer who's paid money for a property and take that property away. However, if it was a gift, if he put nothing into it, he got the property in New York for nothing. Maybe in such a case, the Chachomim says, sure, you can go to the property in New York and you can take it. Or Dilma, Matana Nami, Ilavda, or is the nature of a gift such that people don't give gifts if the recipient of the gift hasn't earned it? You don't give gifts for nothing. You give charity for nothing. But if you're giving a gift, it's out of 
recognition of something. And so it's the same as, as just as the man who bought the property in New York paid a lot of money for it and we don't want to take it away from him and cause him loss. So the person who received the property in New York as a gift must have done something amazing to earn that gift. And now we're just going to take it away and he, he did something, he earned the gift and we're taking it away from him. Maybe it's the same as a purchase. So this analysis of, of a gift is really interesting and it has some interesting ramifications. Is a gift in anticipation, is it an investment in the future or is it recognition for the past? Do I give you a gift because I'm investing in the relationship and I hope that in the future we'll get together, maybe we'll do business together, who knows what will happen. It's an investment in the future. Or is it an implied recognition of something that's already happened in the past? And this makes a difference, for example, with shochad, with bribery. If, if there's a judge sitting on a case, if I give him a, a gift in return for something he did for me independently a long time ago, that's not the same kind of bribe as if I give him a gift for no reason at all and create an indebtedness in him. That's what shochad is. So what are gifts? When you receive a gift, is the person saying thank you or is the person saying please? Is the person recognizing you or is the person investing in you? Those are the two possibilities with gifts. So the, we see that playing out in the Gemara and Shabbos, with the Gemara and Shabbos, the Yud says, Anonymous gifts are not a good idea. Anonymous charity is fine. But a gift you should tell the person that you've given them the gift. Don't make it an anonymous gift and the person doesn't know you've even done it. As it says, you need to know that I am Hashem, we've given you Kedusha. Hashem wants us to know what He's given us to, to us and, and other examples. If you give a, a treat to a child, you've got to tell the mother that you've done that. And then Rashi explains, This is the respectable thing to do because maybe the recipient is embarrassed to receive a gift from you. Now, why would he be embarrassed to receive a gift from you? Because he hasn't earned it. And you explain to him, So you tell him, I want to give this gift to you, I really value you, please accept it from him, and then he feels okay. <laughs> so there's an implication, says Rashi, that a person might be embarrassed to receive a gift. Why? Because on this side of it, Rashi's assuming the gift is for nothing. The gift is just an investment in the future, and the person doesn't want to feel indebted. So it says... Says Rashi, explains the Gemara. Therefore, you've got to tell the person, give him the opportunity. And if you just put the gift down at his house, you didn't tell him, you must tell him that this came from you. That way he will reciprocate and he will build a relationship in the future. So it seems that the idea of the gift is, is an investment in the future. Whereas our Gemara says, yeah, maybe it's an investment in the future. Maybe it's a recognition of something you've done in the past. What, how do we view a gift? And the Gemara goes on um, and, and brings a, a fruit from a Brisa in Bava Basra. And the Gemara then brings three reasons why the proof is not a valid proof. So it seems in the Gemara we're still left with this dilemma. What is the nature of a gift? Is it appreciation or is it an investment in the future? Um, but the, the riff says very clearly and interestingly uh, that this din that you can't claim from the recipient, so if, if my debtor has sold the property 
he's sold the good property and he's retained the bad property. I have to go to the bad property. I can't go to the buyer. Says the rift, It makes no difference if it's a sale or it's a gift. That is the halacha, that the takona applies with a gift as much as with a sale. Even though the Gemara pushes aside the proof, says the Rif, that's a The Rif understands the, the flow of the Gemara as such that the Gemara's real conclusion is you don't distinguish between a gift and, and a sale. Because just as a sale has been earned by somebody who's paid for it, a gift has also been earned. People don't give gifts if the gift hasn't been earned by some form of prior relationship. Something has happened that makes the person want to give the gift. And whatever that is, it's, it's like payment. It's, as the, as the Gemara says, that makes it It's like, it's key, it's as if there's some similarity in loss that the recipient, if we take that property away from him, the recipient will have lost what he invested in the relationship and how he earned the gift. So we see from here, and by the way, that's how the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, it makes a difference if it's a sale or it's a gift. And the Sma says, the Sma is a very important perush on Chosh and Mishpat. We use it all the time because the Sma is one of the first perushim after the time of the Mechaber and the Ramo. He was a Talmud of the Ramo. And he was a Talmud of the Marshal. So the Baalei HaShulchan Aruch, he was one of the next generation after the Baalei HaShulchan Aruch. And the Sma wrote on the whole of the tour, he writes the Drisha and the Prisha and the Agos Drisha. He, he writes the, um, a parish on the entire tour. And then on Chosh and Mishpat, we've got the, the, the Sma, which is, which is so important. The Sma says, Dimina Torah According to the Torah, a Balchov, a creditor, can only claim the lowest of the properties. You can't claim the New York property if there's a, if there's a, a, a less attractive property available. But in order to encourage the flow of, of capital, to in order to encourage credit and, and allow people to lend money and encourage people to lend and borrow money to facilitate the flow of the economy, the Chazal said, if you lend money, you can claim from the better property, from mid-level mid property. However, but where there's a loss to the buyer, the Chachomim didn't institute this added incentivization for lending at the expense of the buyer. An innocent buyer buys a property, he has to be penalized because we're trying to encourage people to lend money. That wouldn't be right for the Takona, so we leave it at the Doraita level. You've got to take the lower property, you can't take the better property from the lender. And that reason... The 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 de lukuchot, the loss of the of the person who bought, even applies by matona according to the shulchanor, even if it's a gift. There's, we consider there to be a loss of investment if you take the gift away from somebody. And so we see, if we go back to understanding the medrash on the basis of what Rabbi Yelopian said, the, the, so the medrash says the sun is a gift and the rain is a gift. There are two kinds of gift. There's an unconditional gift, like the sun. Sometimes you give a gift to somebody, they didn't do anything for you, you, but you're investing in them. The sunlight, when we see the sunlight and the energy we get from the sun, that's Hashem investing in us. 
Hashem is saying you didn't do anything to deserve sunlight. And even if you serve Aveda Zorah and you murder each other and you rape each other, you're still going to have sunlight. The sunlight is unconditional. I'm giving you sunlight in anticipation of your doing something. I'm giving you sunlight as an investment. So when we see the sun shining, it's not nice to say, oh, it's a nice day today. It's a nice day today. So what do I owe the Rebbeinu for that? The Rebbeinu is giving me a matoni, is giving me a gift of a beautiful day. And even if it's not such a beautiful day, the energy of the sun is still working. Everything, the, the ecology is still functioning. Why is Hashem doing that for me? Just because. Because what? Because He hopes that I'll do something positive with that energy. He hopes that I'll do something constructive with that energy. So that, that, that needs to initiate a relationship with Hashem. It's not something deserved. When it rains, that's a gift we've earned. You can earn a gift even though you don't own it. You don't own the rights to a gift, but you can earn the rights to a gift. You've built a relationship with another person and they give you a gift. You've earned the rights to that gift. You, you don't own the rights. You can't claim it. It doesn't belong to you. But you've earned the right. It's possible to earn. And there's a reciprocation. So when we see rain coming down, there we have to look outside and see the Rebbe saying thank you to us. Seeing the Rebbe appreciating us. It's just a different thing. The, two, these two weather conditions create different responses in us. It's so beautiful. See the sun shining, you say to the Rebbe thanks, a gift for nothing. What can I do in return for you? You see the rain coming, you say thank you, Hashem, for recognizing that we've made an effort to serve you and for giving us what we need to continue to do so. And so it is also in our relationships with one another to understand when we're giving gifts and we're receiving gifts, to understand what they are. Is this a gift in investing in the future or is this a gift in recognition of the past? 